I'm sure that you want to probably hear more about their story and uh, they're going to stay with us during the lunch and afterward and you can take them to Bobati and then grill them more. And actually last Friday, Indonesian Arts Church, we heard of a lot of other stories and, uh, you know, incredible uh, in the front line of a mission. She sees this uh, spiritual reality where the power of the name of Jesus is that we don't, we take for granted she is working out. Very uh, common occurrence. She encountered people with a demon possessed or demon affected. And then she said, when she command in the name of Jesus and demons obey, she said, it is something, you know, you believe Jesus is most powerful when some demons obey in the name of Jesus. That is a totally, you know, different. So here a lot of, you know, ask, ask them more about the questions. I, the reason, you know, I'm here to preach again is a, is a continuation. Uh, last Sunday, we saw the Paul's final exhortation, Ephesian Church. What was a Paul's final, you know, exhortation? Okay, I promise. People in the back. Okay, Daniel. What's the Paul's final exhortation? Sorry, Daniel is a newcomer, so, you know. If he stopped coming to church, maybe this is, uh, you know, I'm the reason. But, uh, okay, I'll ask our shepherds. Danny, what's the Jesus' final exhortation? Duty, so oh, you, oh, that's right, you're a lunch duty, you're all right. All right, then I'll go Suman. <laughs> all right, I have to finish this question. Then, oh, uh, then, then Lee, another then Lee. Was it Jesus, I mean, Paul's final exhortation to Ephesians? Ephes That's right, amen. Thank God, thank God for then Lee. Paul talks about we're the full armor of God because we are fighting spiritual battle, right? Watchman Nee, a great uh, Chinese leader uh, in uh, nine, late 19th century, he wrote a, a short, a very good uh, comment, uh, commentary on Ephesians in called uh, uh, Sit, Walk, and Stand, taking uh, three main verbs in the book of Ephesians. And then Watchman he said this, we fight not for victory, but from the victory. We fight not for victory, but from the victory. Jesus already won the war. But there is a still, you know, demon, I mean, satanic power in this world. And Jesus called us, go and clean up. We are not fighting a defensive war of a survival. We are fighting offensive war of a saving souls. Amen? That's what spiritual, you know, battle is about. And Paul reminded us, Last time, Ephesians chapter 6, 12, that we are not fighting against the flesh and blood, means the humans. So humans, the driver is not the real enemy. Enemy is a demon that, uh, you know, the greed and, the, you know, that, 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 the demon of greed that, that is deceiving him. So we are against the rulers and authorities and powers and a dark world. 
and against the spiritual forces. So last week we review the six weapons in armor of God. As Dan mentioned, belt of the truth, shoes of the gospel, what else? Breastplate of righteousness, shield of faith, and the helmet of salvation, sword of spirit. Today we will see the seventh weapon. And for this seventh weapon, Paul stopped comparing it to Roman military equipment. Because this seventh weapon is a heavenly weapon that doesn't have any parallel in the earthly human weaponry. Guess what's the seventh and the final weapon Paul told us to use? What is that? Pray. Amen. Now, let's read today's text quickly. Let's turn to Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18 to 20. It's only three verses, so let's read together all together. One, two, three. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions, with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Pray also for me, for whenever I speak, words may be given me, so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I share. Three times in this passage, Paul said, pray. <coughs> pray in the Spirit. Pray for me. Pray that I will declare fearlessly. And also another key word that connected to prayer here is all. All. Pray all occasion, pray all kinds of prayer, pray for all Lord's people, all. So I want to share with you how to pray with these three all. So if we pray, we pray in this way. First of all, pray at all times. Pray at all times. Now, the word times here, I mean, here in the uh, translation that all occasion, Original Greek text is kairos, kairos, literally all times. And the Greek has two words for time, chronos and kairos. Chronos is a basically sequential time. Chronology, this watch is telling me chronology of the right now, right? Chronology, just sequential time, just, you know, regular time. Kairos is a little different time. It is the more like uh, experience time, psychological time. It's time that you feel very, you, you feel it because it's important. So out of the word kairos, the, we got English word crisis, crisis, critical time. And earlier in Ephesians chapter 5, Paul said, be careful how you live, not unwisely, but wisely. And then how does it, Paul say, how we live wisely? Making most of every opportunity because the days are evil. The word make most of every time, literally in text was redeem every time. Redeem time. Redeem kairos once again. So here is the key. Without prayer, you and I, we become unwise. Because we just live chronologically, not critically. Prayer converts chronos into kairos. 
just a regular time into opportunity where we experience God and expand his kingdom. Bible tells us pray without ceasing. And many Christians, we somehow, you know, it's hard to understand, but today's text actually gives us the practical way that we can pray all the time. So, how do you pray all the time? These days, I've been reading a book, uh, I'm reading a book of Psalms, and there, I just wanted to know, you know, how, especially today, you know, for today's message, I said, when did you know David pray? You know David was known for, you know, singer of Israel, man of prayer, you know, man after God's heart. So I kind of checked at David's, and the funny thing was that uh, just in the beginning of Psalm Psalm 48, David prayed at the in the during the night time. Psalm 48, in peace I lie down and sleep, for you alone, Lord, make me dwell in safety. So he prayed during, on the bed at night. And the next Psalm, Psalm 5, Psalm 5 to the post, uh, David said, In the morning, Lord, you hear my voice. In the morning, I lay my request before you and wait expectantly. So he prayed in the morning. And then Psalm 6, Paul said, I mean, David said, 6 6, I'm worn out from my groaning all night long. I flood my bed with weeping and drench my couch with tears. So he prayed again in the evening. And Psalm 7, David prayed when pressure is on him when he was under attack. Lord my God, I take refuge in you. Save and deliver me from all who pursue me. They will tear me apart like a lion and rip me to pieces with no one to rescue me. He feels like he is a helpless prey and his enemies are like a lion. And then Psalm 8. David talks of when he, I guess he was, you know, he was a wonder, he was a, he was running around the wilderness anytime, you know, the beautiful Judean, you know, desert. He remembers the God who created, and that's where David praised God, Lord, how majestic is your name in the old earth. You know, even while he was fleeing Saul and all the fierce battles, you know, people who are after his life, once in a while he saw sunset and said, wow, that's beautiful, and God made it, you know, he praising God. And Psalm 9, when David lost his child, he cling on to God's majesty. Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in the whole earth. And Psalm 10, David prayed when he was utterly isolated and lonely. So through just a few Psalms that I just read, I just realized that David became a man of God's heart because he was after prayer all the time. In good time and bad time, David cry after God. How about us? When do you pray most? Most of us pray when there is a crisis, when, there, when, when we are in bad time or hard time. David prayed all the time. Now, that's the second point. How do we pray all the time? In order to pray all the time, you have to pray all kinds of prayer, all types of prayer. Prayer. There's all types of prayer. Paul said very clearly, pray with all kinds of prayers and requests. So, what kind of you know prayers is that there's many types of prayers. And I just we just heard from David, there's a morning prayer and evening prayer. So in the morning, when you open your eyes, what do you say first? 
I hope you said in your heart, good morning, God. Good morning, God. Thank you for giving me good rest. In the evening, when you go to bed, what do you pray? Good evening, God. Good night. Thank you for, you know, keeping me through the day and give me the good rest. You know, during the medieval time, Christians pray this, uh, you know, uh, night prayer. Lord Jesus, I pray, Lord, to keep my soul. May God guard me through the night and awake me with the morning light. That was a medieval, you know, nighttime prayer because a lot of people die during the nighttime. So, mortality was a high. And for them, getting up and seeing the morning, in the morning, sunlight in the morning was the grace of God. So, you know, just to start the day quickly, good morning, God. That's all good enough to start the day. And then when it comes to morning, you know, mealtime prayer, that's the one of my favorite times to pray. You know, when you pray for breakfast, don't just say that, you know, thank you for the food and then in Jesus' name and then move out. Just pray to God just a minute what you have, what you have in your heart and for the day. Whatever the important events in your day, pray to God. Lord, help me. I have a calculus text. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, we pray. Uh, you pray for whatever important, you know, event. I, I'll give you a break, you know, I work at home, so I'm a pastor, so I meal time, I pray loud and, you know, take time and so forth. But you, you're in the workplace. So lunchtime, I'll give you a break. Just pray quick, that's okay. But the evening when you come home, don't just rush into the, you know, meal prayer. Thank you for this food, and Jesus, once again, Jesus' name. Jesus, no, you are grateful. <laughs> Thank God for what God has done for you for that day and for your children, for every member of a family. Thank God that, uh, you know, for the help me to at least, you know, answer all the questions and calculus tests and uh, help me to guess. I'm sorry, I'm milking somebody here. I'll stop doing that. And then, you know, there's another, at the beginning of our, our church, I stopped reminding you, we had a set time prayer. Do you guys remember? Uh, those are, you know, the people, have, or we call or somehow originals, those who joined the uh, forest from the beginning. You know, we had an 11th hour prayer call. We had, I shared the parable of an 11th hour vineyard worker. There was an owner of a vineyard who went out to the market to hire the uh, day laborer. And the last guy he hired was an 11th hour. 11th hour means a one hour, actually last hour. It's more like a, you know, 11th Jewish people way of counting 11th hour is that, a, you know, after sunrise. So 6 o'clock sunrise, 11th hour later, it will be what? 5 p.m. This guy is still <laughs> looking for a job at 5 p.m. Most people would not find, somehow he's so desperate he couldn't go home because there's a hungry children. He's a desperate praying to God and this a gracious vineyard owner gave him a job. Christians, so through that parable, we said, let's pray that 11th hour, you know, uh, laborer's prayer. And that, do you guys remember? Every day, 11, say, 11 a.m. or 11 p.m. Just a one-minute prayer for the church. This is when we pray together. So there's a set time prayer. 
Okay, I also thought about Jesus' prayer. I want you to learn this. I do this very often. Jesus' prayer is an Eastern Orthodox church prayer that started from, you know, uh, 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 desert monastery to now. And they're very, very common in Russian Orthodox and, uh, you know, uh, Eastern Orthodox people. That prayer is simple as this. You might repeat after me. Jesus, yes. Son, of God, Son of God, have a mercy on me. Mercy on I'm, a I'm a sinner. Now we pray together. One, two, three. Jesus, yes. Son of God, have a mercy on me. I'm a sinner. When you don't know what to pray, when you are under such a spiritual oppression and attack, you don't know what to pray, just repeat this prayer slowly. That's what I do. Sometimes I'm just overwhelmed by the task and the difficulty and some sufferings that our people going through, you, you know, our family go through. I just say, Jesus, Son of God. Jesus is just the name of, just Joshua, Jesus. But you are son of God. You are incarnate God. You, you, you have a power. Have a mercy on me. You know, my favorite attribute of God these days is a mercy. God is a merciful. You know, if God gave God just gave me everything I deserve, oh my goodness. You will not see me. Even a piece of me. I don't deserve to be alive. But God gives me peace. I mean mercy. Mercy. I'm a sinner. So oftentimes I repeat, I, I, I meditate. So when you have a hard time to pray, just pray Jesus' prayer. Jesus, Son of God, have a mercy on me. I'm a sinner. You know what I'm going through. You know my weakness. You know my weakness, but you are God of mercy. Jesus, Son of God, have a mercy on me. And then, you know, usually when I pray that and repeat and meditate, and the Spirit kind of encouraging me to pray more, and the words comes out, and then I hang on to it, and I continue. And also I have, you know, official prayer in my house. I have a prayer chair. That particular, you know, chair, I go and kneel down and pray. You know, sometimes I feel like it's a very, I want to sort of, uh, God hears my prayer all the time, everywhere, but I was sort of want to bring it that, Lord, it's important. You need to hear me clearly. So I go to that official chair and then kneel down before God and pray. So whatever way you... And then last one, a fasting. We do a fasting prayer. So do the fasting prayer, whether it's a full day, half day. This Wednesday, Forest Leadership Council are going to fast. Hopefully starting from Tuesday evening, because I want to, hopefully it's the 24-hour fasting. <laughs> because uh, this Wednesday evening, we, get, we have an annual meeting to review the, this year's uh, uh, ministry expenses and next year's ministry budget. So, did you know that you are, well, I emailed you, so please, call them and see whether they are, you know, fasting or not. Feel free to check. But anyway, we are fasting. So there are all kinds of uh, prayers. All types of a prayer. And uh, when we, prayer becomes a constant focus of our life, whether, you know, while, while you're driving, in the mealtime, whatever, guess what? Your God awareness 
will give you discernment to find a mundane time and ordinary encounter into Kairos. Let me, let me point out the last thing Paul asks is to pray for everyone all together. Pray for all the Lord's people. Why do we pray for all people, all the Lord's people? Because we battle together. Do you remember last time we talked about how Roman soldiers used a shield? They used a shield together in formation. It's like a human made tank back then to protect the enemy's you know, flaming arrows. I, I share with you that when you hold your when you when you are when you hold when you when you hold your shield, you are not protecting just yourself, but you're protecting the person next to you and behind you. Your victory is not your victory, our victory. You know? Every time I'm spiritually tempted, that's what I you know remember that if I fall. Other people will fall around, other people around me fall. That's what you know, makes me to get up. We are fighting together. That's why we pray together. Paul included himself here. And then pray also for me. I love this Paul's prayer. You know, Paul, even though he's a founding, he's a super apostle, but Paul said, nothing is like a God's, God's power of a prayer. Pray for me. And twice he said, not for the quick acquittal and the release from prison. You know that Paul wrote this letter in the prison. What did he pray? Even in prison, I will fearlessly preach the gospel. That was his prayer. Twice he said, I will fearlessly pray. Pray for me that I will fearlessly preach the gospel. Paul, through the prayer, want to make a prison into pulpit. Amen. You know, and also, Paul succeeded because Paul, one, another Paul's prison letter is a Philippians. In Philippians chapter 1, verse 12, Paul said this, I want you to know, brothers and sisters, what has happened to me, that means imprisonment, has actually served to advance the gospel. As a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and everyone else that I am in chain for Christ. Paul, through the Paul's preaching, in the prison, those are palace guards guarding Paul, they became Christians. So Ephesians of prayers worked, and Paul is reporting. It's not a circumstance that really matters. It is a prayer that what matters. And we are growing. And by grace of God, for us, we are growing. Compared to the last time you were here, at least the number-wise we are growing, right? We are growing by great grace of God. But are we growing in prayer? House churches are growing, but is it your house church is growing in prayer? You know, some house churches, I don't say, they do at the end, you know, we talk a lot, and at the end we just say, that, let's pray for one another, and then end it in like, you know, three, four minutes, I mean like a perfunctory prayer. Man alive. You know, how long have you been doing? I hope as the time goes by, prayer time becomes a really joyful, I mean, real, real meaningful time that you want to pray for each other and that you really feel the prayer of others. Even though at the beginning I say Paul didn't, 
Paul didn't uh, give any analogy of a prayer to Roman soldiers' weaponry. I think if Paul lived today, Paul probably compared a, a prayer to one weapon that the United States has a dominance over every other country. I think that is a air superiority. Those of you military or watch the military movie, have you ever heard the term CAS? Close air support. You know, if you see a movie, there's a, a 12 strong. You know, those are commanders who went to Afghanistan right after the first group that went to Afghanistan to fight the Taliban or so, you know. This special commander, only 12 people, 12 guys. But they are only 12, but what do they have? They have a satellite phone that call the air support anytime. With that, no matter how many Taliban's and how many tanks and the armed forces come, they can easily beat. Those of you who watched the movie, at one point, the satellite phone was a problem. That they don't have a reception. So one guy said, you have to go high over there. <laughs> and then once he got there, and the, I got the reception. Game is a change. Now, question is, Watchman, what? Watchman said this. Watchman defined the prayer. He said, prayer is a railroad of a train called Almighty God's power. Almighty God. And by that, he said this. Train can run hundreds or thousands, even you know, miles a day. But when there is no railroad, train cannot move an inch. Train call can run forever, but without a railroad, train cannot move. God's power is unlimited. Are we calling God's power? Is, it, is your satellite, you know, uh, uh, radio is uh, working properly? Is your spirit, your prayer portal is working? It doesn't require any form and shape. You don't have to pray like uh, Lee Parker, who prayed a you know, wonderful congregational prayer today. No. Just pray whatever in your heart. Jesus, pray the Jesus prayer. Pray whatever in your heart. And God will hear your prayer, and God will reveal. You know, ultimately, Christian life is all about prayer. You heard me that I was a Buddhist. I became a you know, Baptist. How did it possible? You know, as a Buddhist, I pray too. But I never knew, heard that, I never heard the Buddhist sharing answered prayer. <laughs> we never had, a, you know, there's no such a thing as answered prayer. Buddhists just pray. You know, that's all they do. We all, you know. But when I became a Christian, first year, without a pastor, without a church, we just read a Bible, we had a family worship. But every single prayer, God answered. My older brother, the you know, last one to become a Christian, Every time was, uh, his, his business was cornered, and uh, he prayed, and then God answered, and he said it was a coincidence. <laughs> and after the fifth time, he said, it's no longer a coincidence. <laughs> and, you know, some people think the answer prayer is a coincidence. But you know what? When you pray, coincidence happen. <laughs> Funny thing is, when you don't pray, coincidence doesn't happen. <laughs> when you pray, coincidence happen. You know, last thing about prayer, I cannot help you all, but when my children call me, you can count on. I'm sorry, you're not the, I'm sorry. I should help everybody, but when my children call, 
I answer. First thing we pray, Abba, Father. That one word, Abba, Father, will get the attention of our Almighty God. Let's pray. Let's pray for one another. Let's pray anytime you remember God. Let's pray anytime you're under the under uh, under attack. Anytime you remember some of us going through a hard time, just pray. And God will be God will hear you, answer you, and bring his love for us. Let's pray. 